Welcome, everyone, to the Mile High Champions League Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, The Commish. And with me, as always, is the man who doesn't believe in the moon, Big Dolsky. And joining us tonight is a man who believes the sun is a giant ball of cheese, the Grift Man. How are you guys doing tonight? Prove us wrong, Mike. Prove us wrong. I can't. I can't put any better than Ben. Prove us wrong. I tried reaching out to the moon, and it's way beyond my reach. I even got on a ladder. Not going to happen. Sorry, guys. Damn you, moon. (laughs) Shake your fist at the moon. All right, team. Let's... uh, Let's get cracking. So let's look at the uh, MVT of the week. It was the Legend of Lincoln. Or Yay. The G- Yay. Sorry, Noel. It's actually the first week that you haven't won MVT this season. But oh, I'm sorry, Noel. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes that happens. Damn it, my greed. Um, she just won. She she beat – I mean, she didn't just beat Kenfield. She murdered Kenfield 204.8 to 128. Sorry, but she buddy. barely eked out the win over Vanessa, who got 204.8. So that was largely on the back of Nicholas Chubb, who had a monster 67-point week. Wow. It's a good so day. Did, yeah, he, yeah, he had a really good day. Probably um, 80s Wheaties and crack. So the he had a 20 carries on 165 yards for 8.2 yards average. That's ridiculous. Three touchdowns, including a monster 88-yard scamper. Three receptions for 18 yards and uh, 67 monster points. There have been times in the Mile High Champions League where 67 was the entire team's score. So that's pretty uh, pretty remarkable. Perhaps another reason why we should adjust the scoring for next season. But that's a different story. So congratulations, Courtney, Legend of Lincoln, and for Nicholas Chubb. Now let's look at the Survivor Elimination Challenge. I am sorry to say Space Force has been eliminated from the Survivor Elimination Challenge. So that means we have in in league, in week, words are so hard. Week one was Five Second Chug. Week two is Into the Flame. Week three was the Galloping Gonorrhea's. And week four is Space Force. So those four teams are out. The The remaining eight are in. Let's go on to the shithead of the week. Take it away, Noel. All right. So I had a few things to think about here. One of them was maybe John Elway. We'll get to John Elway a little bit later. So this week, we've got co-shitheads of the week, although it's kind of more 1A and 1B, if you will. 1A is Vontae's perfect for, uh, you know, a guy was in the ground and he ran over and decided to try to decapitate him, which wouldn't be that big of a deal, except for there's the whole thing that, you know, he's done this a handful of times. And through... Uh, both Derek Carr and John Gruden, we're hearing that he he feels really bad about it. That's not the kind of player he is. He wasn't trying to hurt anybody. Cool. Um, I'm sure he wasn't the other times either. And then the 1B is Derek Barnett of the Philadelphia Eagles, who just had a malicious helmet-to-helmet hit unnecessary in the uh, Packers game where he knocked the guy out of the game and was in the hospital overnight. And he said the same thing. He wasn't trying to hurt anybody. And I believe both of them weren't, but when this keeps happening, stop doing it. That's the whole point of it, is you're playing out of control, and you're doing stuff that you could have, well, in one case, he may have really hurt a guy, but Vontaze Perfect has done it so many times, we get it, you're not a bad dude, you're just like a fucking shithead. Stop. <laughs> so, congratulations, shit of the week, and stop doing that. Seriously. Knock it off. Knock it off. 
it's kind of like, you know, maybe OJ didn't exactly mean to murder those people. I mean, maybe just, you know, gently, a, a friendly stab, a friendly stab, maybe a little slice here and there. But you know what? Some people are just murderers. Some people are just pieces of shit like Bontes and Derek. So good shitheads. When I saw that on the agenda, and all, I just smiled because I thought, yeah, if those people... If there's a shithead of the week, it's those two guys. So wonderful job there. I have decided. If we're, uh, have, if we're invoking uh, OJ Simpson, I think, <laughs> I think it's going to be a problem. <laughs> right, he, plays he plays football. He plays football. like the He's same the thing. Hall of fame, ben. Yeah. And I his name is, totally know him most for, for playing football at this point. Yeah. Well, and his name, Orenthal. I have yet to hear of any other Orenthals in the world. But maybe <laughs> I just haven't read enough history books. Speaking of history. Good segue, Mike. Oh, thanks. Is uh, we, I've decided to kind of put a hiatus on the champion of the week, as Noel and I were just Noel Ben and I, excuse me, we're just talking. It's challenging to find champions on a weekly basis in the NFL. You can find stories more in the off season about charity work. There's a lot of good people in the NFL. Uh, a lot of good people. A lot of very generous people, especially with the kind of money they make. A lot of people give it away. Most of the big superstars have foundations, J.J. Watt to Elway to Peyton Manning, you name it. But uh, I said so instead of doing that, I wanted to do something just interesting. So a little while you're driving to work or maybe you're doing some yard work listening to this or whatever, I wanted to do this day in history in the NFL. So October 2nd, 1950. It also tells you when we're recording this too. October 2nd, 1950. Bob Shaw established an NFL record with five touchdown catches as the Chicago Cardinals, you heard that right, Chicago Cardinals defeated the Baltimore Colts 55-13. to The record was tied in 1981 by Cal Winslow and again in 1990 by Jerry Rice. So it's a very high, five touchdowns, pretty ridiculous. So that's this day in history. Well, gentlemen, let's go on to, let's touch on the recap real quick. Let's start with Ben. Ben, could you please do the Warriors versus the Mavericks? Sorry, Mike. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, uh, I I just passed out with a history lesson, uh, um, but I'll, I'll, I'll get back into it. I don't know I who Bob heard, was, Shaw is, to be, like, to be honest with you. I'd never heard that name before, at least not recalled it. So That's why it's good to good learn your history. There, yeah, thank you. You're welcome. And, and fuck you, Ben. <laughs> yes, well, absolutely. Anytime. Oh, wait. It <laughs> <laughs> wasn't an offer. No. So... Um, <laughs> uh, obviously, Mike, I, I see why you uh, groaned with this game. Uh, many, many things that notable that that I, right off the bat is uh, very close to projections, which was very, which was interesting. Both off by about you know ten points, give or take, uh, from from the totals, a little bit underperformed. But um, Noel was projected to to win, and he just by a narrow margin, and he in fact did win by a narrow margin, less than two points. Which strangely enough, we'll get to the, the the closest game, which this was not it, but um, a very good game on, on both sides. Um, and Michael Sario that obviously uh, went to Noel's way this time again. He seems to be having some solid luck and some just all around solid team this year. So watch out for for Noel. Uh, a little bit more in the recap. Um, you know, solid performances by uh, by the quarterbacks, uh, Kyler Murray. Jared Goff, both great games, uh, despite despite the fact that uh, Kyler Murray's team only scored ten points. Um, they, they were pretty close in the in the totals. Uh, you know, obviously Jared Goff had the the edge out there, 
Um, good performances by the running backs. Uh, really great performance by Jer- uh, David Johnson. If um, Arizona offense can, can keep going, Noel's going to be very dangerous. And Keenan Allen had a bit of a, an, an off week this week, uh, but you know it happens with receivers. Uh, you just never know, um, especially <laughs> with Mike's probably most disappointing performance of the week, a career low 20 yards from Odell Beckham Jr., uh, sure, that's a fluke. You know, he's he's a great player. Um, don't anticipate that going forward. Um, moving down the list, um, another disappointing factor for Michael was Vernon Davis, uh, tight end position. So his biggest uh, biggest surprise here, uh, Austin Eckler um, had a great game. Almost pushed him over the edge with 41 points. But in the end, uh, Noel took the prize with uh, 168.4 to 166.5. Good game, boys. Uh, but sorry, Michael, lived to die another day. Well, thank you, Ben. I appreciate that. And must say congratulations, Noel, on two things. Number one, on your victory this week. And number two, on a 4-0 start. That is that is a great way to great place to be. Not exactly a shoe in just yet for the playoffs, but certainly one of the top contenders. Now, Noel and I have a quick side story, if you'll indulge me. Noel and I were texting on Sunday night during the Dallas New Orleans game. <laughs> I actually like I, I had I had no hope because like ah crap, my team's not doing very well. Noel's doing really well this season. Just in case you hadn't seen it, everyone. The Saints were driving down the field. They were leading 12 to 10. They needed to just get within, if they could score a touchdown, game over. But they weren't really progressing that well down the field. So they were just trying to get into field goal range and have their superstar kicker, Will Lutz, who was my kicker, put it through the uprights and get them 15 to 10. Because at that point, the Cowboys needed to score a touchdown with less than a minute to go. That's a Tall drink of water. That's a tall, that's a tough thing to do. So they're driving down the field, driving down the field. They got to what, the 20 yard line, Noel, something like that? Which, yeah, it was definitely inside the 30. It was it was bad uh, what happened next. So they're, they're there, and I'm just thinking it's third down, like third and eight. And I was like, all right, so they should probably run the ball and get to a hash that Will Lutz likes. You know, definitely not pass because then you'll stop the clock for the Cowboys. And uh, what you definitely don't want to do is take a sack because then the clock continues to run and, and New Orleans was out of timeouts, by the way. So they couldn't call a timeout, rush the kicking team on there. I mean, it was, it was kind of really cutting it close. So they hiked the ball. Noel's laughing because he knows what happened. They hiked the ball. The master definitely, let's call it first or maybe never ballot, Hall of Famer Teddy Bridgewater gets this, <laughs> the snap. He turns to his right, sees that a guy's coming. So he actually does a 270-degree turn to his right and starts facing left, right towards an edge rusher coming from Dallas. So then he thinks, well, shoot, I must turn the other direction because that must be – Yeah, if I just keep spinning, maybe the guys will disappear. And naturally, (laughs) they didn't. And so he got sacked for a 14-yard loss, taking them out of field goal range. And here's the kicker, no pun intended – had I had I had he kicked any field goal, it doesn't matter from what range, if it was a one yard or fifty yards, I would have scored at least three points, which would have put me ahead. Because at the time, it was one sixty five point five to one sixty eight point four. So I was like, yes, any field goal, Will lets his clutch. He doesn't miss. And I was like, I just any field goal, any field goal will do. Why I got one sixty six is naturally they had to punt, and my punters. 
decent. So I got one extra point there and a, a whole lot of swearing from uh, for me for that night. So that is the story of how this game played out. I, I mean, not to sound like a sore loser, so apologies oh, no. if I come off that way. But I just, it was such, a, you know, even though I lost, it was a fun way to lose because it was just like, oh my God, what the fuck just happened? Like the only thing that shouldn't have happened in the game just happened. And it was all because of Teddy Bridgewater. So I also now have an arch enemy and his name is Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> Replace the the classic Donovan McNabb. <laughs> oh, Dante Culpepper. Dante Culpepper. Dante Culpepper. Right. That right. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that restraining order is definitely still in place. So, all right. Thank you for indulging me, folks. Let's go on, Noel. If you would please, the Spartans versus Good Juju. Yes, as Ben just alluded to before, uh, this was the closest game. I don't know if like, we've ever seen, but certainly, like I was watching it. Um, just on the fantasy cast thing, and I didn't want to jinx Brandon. Like he's gonna, he's gonna fucking win this thing because Juju Smith Schuster of you know the good Juju and formerly of Tressway, he just he was supposed to have twenty one point four points, but between starting to back quarterback in Pittsburgh and playing against the lowly Cincinnati Bengals team, he only got six points for him. So it became just it was gonna happen. It was gonna happen. And then Brandon texts the group. I'm going to win this thing. I'm like, all right, I don't have to run Jinx team anymore, which I kind of feel, uh, Josh, not that I'm happy to see you lose, but I was somewhat happy to see Brandon win because, Mike, uh, when you and I did the preview, both you and I were like, hey, it might not be a bad idea to start Case Keenum, who netted Brandon <laughs> all of 0. .2 points. And from there, I'm like, yeah, oh, crap. I feel really bad that if I ever, if I in any way influence Brandon to do that, but um, it worked out because Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes, had a decent week. Uh, he probably could have gotten more points if it wasn't for that Skins defense being just utter garbage, and they just ran the ball. And we'll get to this with Ben's game later. They ran the ball quite well. Uh, Todd Gurley had a, even though it's a down year for him, outperformed expectations, 32 points above, uh, eight points above projection. Marlon Mack, just down week. Um yeah, that was a rough game. The, the score makes it looks closer than it was there in Oakland, but rough game. Um, Michael Thomas had a surprisingly decent game, even with uh, Mike's best friend, Teddy Bridgewater, throwing to him. Uh, we already mentioned Juju Smith-Schuster. Evan Ingram, eh, solid game, 14 points, but nowhere close to Austin Hooper's 38 points. Josh Jacobs, another great day. Mari Cooper, down week. Allen Robinson, Brandon's continually proved me wrong with starting this guy, and he keeps outperforming what he's supposed to do. 22 points, which was ahead of LaShawn McCoy's surprising 25 points. And then that's, uh, damn it, Brandon. Jaguars defense had a pretty solid day against the Broncos. Um, actually, sorry, they did not. I was looking at the projection, only three points. Eagles defense did okay. And then the kickers were kickers. Uh, in fact, Brandon's all-star punter only had eight points, so... Th- but that adds up when it's a low score affair like this, and every single point matters. So huge win for Brandon. Very impressive that you pulled this one off. Um, and maybe don't start Case Keenum next week. <laughs> I think he. I think he dropped him. <laughs> I, I don't blame him. So. Yeah. so so in a in this day in a mile high Champions League history, there, there was a tie once with Molly and I, which was oh, crazy. Right. We were. Yeah. I think it was in not just like, I think it was two digit points or you know decimal points and then we tied it was that was crazy yeah i don't think anyone knew how that worked either 
No, yeah. and then we've since actually changed that so that if if there is a point tie on the macro level, like say it was one thirty two two to one thirty two two, whichever quarterback scored the most, then that determines it. If by unbelievable coincidence that they scored, it goes then to the running back and the wide receiver. The game will be determined by some winner. If by some unbelievable, like one in a trillion chance that all players scored the exact same, yeah, you're <laughs> going to get a tie. But other than that, somebody's going to, we are a team of winners. This is capitalist America. No Only winners get wings. Cuba. Only winners get wings. I'm, I need a flag to salute. There's no flag in this room, but I need a flag to salute. So, all right, thank American, you. Are you? Um, yeah. So, <laughs> I'm sorry, George Washington. So, uh, first of all, I want to go back to something that you said, Noel, and I think it, it certainly bears mentioning and touching on again and again and again and again. That is that this podcast is purely for entertainment value only. <laughs> if you are setting your roster based off of what we're talking about. I would think twice about that because <laughs> at, while we all know quite a bit about football, fantasy is half luck and half skill. So we're just providing our commentary and insights. If it's good or not, only time will tell. As, as we were just saying, hey, could be Case Keenum's week or hey, fuck me, zero point two points. What the hell? <laughs> so you never know. Just have Should fun. We put that That's disclaimer what? at the beginning of the podcast or at the end? I legally. Uh, this is the middle. Don't sue us. <laughs> if you're suing us, well, God, it's like all our friends and family. Then screw you. I wouldn't. I wouldn't think it'd be fun. Anyways, let's. All right, we got to go to Ben's game. We got to talk about this. This is a good game, Ben. Congratulations on a victory here. Three and one, second in the Pacific Division with a one seventy eight point seven win. To I'm sorry, Grant, one sixty eight point nine. That's a pretty darn good score. And I just, it's so sad that he's zero and four because uh, it's he has a good team. It's not yeah. that he's like making bad decisions and he's, I don't know, starting Case Keenum or something like that. <laughs> he's, just, he's just, he's just had a run of bad luck. And maybe that's just, perhaps, that is just the baptism of fire that Larson's get when playing in the Mile High Champions League. Because you said this last week, Noel, and it is true as ever that Matt Larson was, is the most snake bit player in the Mile High Champions League because he's had terrible runs of bad luck. Through the first about seven or eight seasons, he was on par with Brandon as having like unbelievable records. Like they were each winning like 90% of their games. And then he had just seasons where just things did not work. And so I, this to me looks like Grant's season is just not working right. So we are not at a place where I'm saying, hey, you're out of the playoffs. I'm sorry. 0-4 is, is a hard place to come back from, but that does not mean he is out of it yet. So I just wanted to uh, offer a little bit of encouragement to you there, Grant. I think you are still well within the game. With this kind of team and this kind of firepower, you can still make the playoffs. So let's actually look at it here and see what happens here. You, Grant, actually outperformed your projection by 20 points. And Ben, you actually outperformed yours by about 18 the thing is, your projections were a little bit higher because the computer seems to like your team a little bit more. Uh, and it makes sense why. You do have a, quite a good team. Both your quarterbacks um, are quite good. But the problem is, Prescott did not have a good game this week. He only got 11.4 points when he was projected at 28. Carson Wentz performed in line with his projection, 26.2 to 25.3. What really caught me off guard was Wayne Gallman. New York Giants running back, who seems to be the star of the show now that 
Um, Saquon Barkley isn't playing. So he was projected 18 thereabouts, and he got 39. I think that's what won you the game, Ben. Because most other players in your lineup, besides your kicker and punter, surprisingly, either underperformed or were basically in line. So, for example, DeAndre Hopkins projected 25, got 11. Oh, Disley Disley, let me, excuse me, Disley Disley actually got you 24, projected 11. Evans, good game by him in a 55 to 40 win against the Rams, 30 points. Um, Sammy Watkins, I don't know what's going on with this dude. I mean, he had an amazing first week and has just been pretty mediocre since. He's putting up like decent tight end numbers, not the number one wide receiver in arguably the best team in the AFC. You know, 11 points for you. Ravens, not, not great. 5.5 when they were projected 15. This is what blows me away. You were projected to get um, 17.2 points from both your kicker and your punter combined. You <laughs> ended up getting 32 points from your kicker and your punter combined. So, lot, man. I was going to say, maybe, <laughs> maybe you need to go downtown Denver. Or you're already there pretty much. Go find Colby. Shake his hand. Say, hey, you're the wad man. I love you. And then kiss him right on the lips. And then um, <laughs> send us a picture. And, well, we can't post it on the front page anymore, so never mind. Just send us a picture. We'll we'll embarrass you somehow with that. So, anyways, uh, good week for you, Ben. You started all the right players. Your bench didn't do that much, so I think you made a wise choices as a manager there. So, congratulations there. Looking at Grant's team, good week, but not great. And this is where it just kind of fell apart. Prescott got 11 when he was projected 28. Um, Devontae Adams made up for it. He was projected 25 and got 49. Miles Sanders, running back for Philadelphia, did about in line with his projections. Got 21 and projected about 20. Eric Ebron, 17 points. That's pretty good for tight end, projected nine. Brandon Cooks, almost right in line there with um, <laughs> what was his – I have him as my quarterback. I should probably know. But Jared Goff threw for like 500-something yard this week. 60 pass attempts. Uh, but the problem here was three interceptions and a lost fumble. Yeah, yeah. He probably – he already had a pretty good week. He got, what, 34 points when yep. he was projected 24.6. Uh, I got to look up the numbers here because it was only the third time in history I think somebody threw over 500 yards. 517 yards. So he completed 45 passes on 68 attempts. That's unbelievable. That's that's more than an attempt per minute of play. And you don't have the ball for all 60 minutes. That is stupid. That is Jared. I, I'm where's where's L.A.? I got to look west that way. That way. Jared, I'm looking at you. What the hell, man? Stupid. Anyways. Uh, yeah. Stop throwing it to the other team. Look, you guys have different colored jerseys than the other guys on the team. Throw to the guys. Look oh, at your shirt. That's what that they, is. That's the thing. You got to throw to the so guys silly. whose shirts are the same color as the shirt that you're wearing. You get confused, look down. If your shirt's white, throw to the guys in white. If your shirt's blue, throw to the guys in blue. Don't throw it to the other guys. Otherwise, you're going to lose people points in fantasy. So, anyway. Mike, I don't know how you're not a professional NFL coach. <laughs> uh, too many too many lawsuits, Ben. I don't really want to get into it right now. A lot not of restraining orders. Politics. Not, not enough cocaine. Yes. Or too much cocaine. So the uh, let's go on. <laughs> Wrap this up here. Corlin Sun had a good week from 30 points, projected 17. The Broncos defense finally, I think, got the double digits at 10 and a half points. Still not really fantasy cool. starter worthy, but they're there. And then Zane Gonzalez and Par Parler Parler D. <laughs> Michael 
Polardi. There you go. <laughs> Jesus. Letters and words. They're tough. Words. Six whole points. So anyways, yeah. Sorry, Grant. Sorry on your loss. Congratulations, Ben, on your victory. Ben, if you would, please, let's go to the next game. The Legend of Lincoln versus the Doom Givers. Absolutely. I have the um, the advantage of, of covering the widest margin. Um, actually, I think the widest margin was was Space Force and Parker Rams, but this was a was not a close game, uh, to, to say the least. Um, Courtney off to a great start at three and one. Uh, definitely dangerous. Uh, all around great team. Uh, not a lot of not a lot of holes there. Uh, so yeah, keep keep an eye out for Courtney. Uh, definitely a powerhouse. Um, do you mean Molly, the- Ben? Do you mean Molly? <laughs> this time, this time, this time, I don't. Maybe, maybe. maybe. <laughs> oh, damn it! Anyway, um, so just recapping a little. Uh, Patrick Mahomes this is the first week that he didn't break forty points. That's not to say he didn't have a solid game. Uh, as we already covered, Nick Chubb sixty-seven points. Uh, massive game. Um, going down the list, there wasn't a, a, a lot of really sh- uh, big, noteworthy uh, players other than that besides the the New England Patriots. Uh, they have what, three touchdowns on the season and in four games. That's, that's insane. Ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't know when the, the Patriots are going to stop. It's, it's becoming slightly annoying. But uh, despite the fact that there was a, a goose egg from the kicker, which happens, you know, just happens sometimes. You, you never know. And I don't. I guess I didn't know what ha- happened that game. There's six points, but no points for the kicker. That's that's interesting. Maybe there was a field or a, a extra point missed. Yes. Ah, uh, well, that will do it. Um, so two hundred and four point eight. Great showing from from uh, Courtney. I mean Molly. I mean Courtney. Uh, but moving into Kenfield, oh boy, um, not not a terrible performance. So, you know, 128 points is respectable. Uh, but some big surprises. Uh, you know, stout Buffalo defense. Uh, despite that, Tom Brady only getting 7.6 points. Obviously, season low and below expectations. Pretty much everyone underperformed, with with rare exception from uh, Ken, Kenny Galloway. Uh, Gall, 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 uh, Kenny Galladay. That's right. <laughs> Good job, man. Ah, words and letters are hard, um, as we say. Uh, with 30 points, uh, kind of a boomer bust season for him. Uh, another great showing from the Bears defense, what you come to expect, um, holding Minnesota only six points. Um, but at the end of the day, just not enough from most of the players. Uh, you know, and a bit of a handcuff with, with Jul- Julian Edelman. If Brady doesn't perform, Edelman's not going to either. Uh, the something that's very noteworthy, however, is uh, Ken Field's bench, which not <laughs> did not outscore his entire team with two players, but pretty pretty close. Pretty close <laughs> between uh, Robert w- Woods and Chris Godwin. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a uh, one hundred and nine points right there. I'm sure he's kicking himself a little bit, but that's the curse of fantasy. You just you just never know from week to week. Especially with re- wide receivers, so many just happen to be boomer, boomer bust. So tough break, Kenfield at one and three. Um, obviously, hoping for better things in the future. Indeed. All right, let's uh, let's roll on, roll out. All right, let's go to the Space Force versus the Rams. Noel, uh, 
take it away. Space Force, nothing but Space Force. Uh, I'm sorry, Nick. Um, your team, <laughs> just looking at it, like it, it doesn't look bad, but this was just an awful week for you at 99.1 points and a very, very good week for <laughs> Matthew Larson, 184.3. Uh, and really just what it came down to was maybe some of uh, the <laughs> Matthew Larson's uh, demons have been exercised on to Space Force here because Josh Allen, which was going to be kind of a risky start against that just very, very, very tough New England defense, 13.6 points. He at one point had more interceptions than he did completions in the first half before getting knocked out in the second half because he just for some reason thought that he could take on two defenders at once. And now he's likely out for next week as well. Uh, to Lamar Jackson, who, after a you know, huge couple of first weeks, is coming back to earth with a lowly 48 for 40.8 points. Pfft, whatever. Philip Lindsay, down game for him, unfortunately, 12 points. To Alvin Kamara, down game, but still 20. Demarcus Robinson, really kind of after a couple huge couple of weeks, which I'm thinking Ben was hoping would mean as he slowed down, Sammy Watkins would increase, but that. Last week was kind of weird. The Detroit defense kind of held the passing game of the Chiefs in check. 11 points there. Sterling Shepard, Mike, you and I made fun of that on uh, last week's podcast. But 26 points. Beating projection by a fair amount. Uh, I guess he's liking, well, A, being back in the lineup. Now he's healthy. And having Danny Dimes there. Travis Kelsey, 24 points. Big week, although it didn't live up to projection. Glady Walker, bad week. One point. Um, Adam Thielen, horrible week. Three points. Uh, for those of you that watched that game, that was tough to watch for your Vikings fans. Sorry, Courtney. James Conner, huge week, 38 points. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, 12 points, which is okay. Josh Gordon, 12 points, also okay. Minnesota's defense way underperformed, 8.5 points. Who would have thought that going against a Mitchell Trubisky-led offense, which then was led by Chase Daniel, will only net the Vikings 8.5 points. I don't know. But then again, the Chargers, after waking up in the second half and realizing they're playing the Dolphins, put up 21.5 points. And this really actually wasn't a bad game for the kickers and punters. Uh, 13 points for Greg Zerline, 9 points for Mason Crosby, but Ty Long from the Chargers, 16 points for Larson. So a good win there to put uh, Larson at 3-1 and one, and another just gut-wrenching loss for the Space Force who now are 0-4 with uh, just uh, – although I must say this, Nick. Nick? Yes, Nick. Um, I don't know what made you start Josh Allen over Rex from Napoleon Dynamite, but you should have gone with Rex because he gets to go home to Starla every night. Think about that. It's true. Oh, Garrett, wow. Throw over there. Over them mountains over there. <laughs> Actually, Noel can throw farther. If you recall from my introduction last week, Noel was uh, <laughs> Noel could throw farther than uh, Uncle Rico. I, I just gotta say, it, it, it's it's kind of depressing when you see one point in a PPR league. Like you almost would rather have a, a zero in some ways, but I found that I found that interesting. Tough. You know what? I, yes, it is sometimes a bummer to see that. You know what? I also found interesting since Dan Bailey missed a point after. He is actually projected to miss another extra point <laughs> next week. 
or this week, excuse me. Way to go, so, Dan. Yeah. Jeez, Come on. Dan. Place is out. God damn it. All right, anyways, <laughs> uh, let's look at the uh, five-second chug versus HR Buffaloes, which is actually um, kind of a, a preview of the Badonkadonk Bowl to happen later this year in week 12. But Vanny, Molly had a, an amazing week, 190.8 points. She would have beaten everyone else. This, If we were, I was still able to hand out trophies, which I can't, this would – oh, excuse me. That's not true um, because Vanessa got the second most points. Courtney got the most. So she had the third most points and lost to the second most team. That's, that's rough. So I, that's certainly a disheartening loss for her. But she had a good week, and that's what's encouraging to me for her is that this isn't something where it's like, oh, she just has a rough team and they're going to have a rough go. She has a good team. She's just had a couple uh, instances of bad luck. So let's look at this. Quarterback positions. She has the ageless Philip Rivers, who's got her 28 points this week. You know, I'm not a huge fan of him personality-wise, but he's a top 10 fantasy quarterback. You can't ignore that. Vanny started Russell Wilson, who got 19 points. Uh, he is doing quite well. He's the number three quarterback through four weeks here. Molly Zeke at the running back position, 23 points, not bad. But Christian McCaffrey, 51 points. You know, we all could have called Vanessa crazy for drafting him for $69, but he's nice. been averaging 46.5 points. He's the number one running back, and arguably, I haven't looked, but I would say probably the number one player scoring-wise these first four weeks. Christian definitely led the Buffaloes to victory. Looking at the wide receiver slot, Molly had DJ Chalk, Chark, Chalk, Chark, Shark, Shark, he's a shark, Shark, Sharky's Crystals. Jackal. Is a jackal? All right. And then she got him 12 points. And Julio Jones, kind of an off week for a lot of receivers. Only got 14 points here. Uh, in the tight end position, Jason Witten, who is, wow, looking at his picture, tragically losing a lot of his hair. Woof. That's not good. Anyways, so rolling. Yeah, well, he kind of looks like, yeah, he needs. No, I'm pretty sure he in. did. I don't know what happened. Maybe they all fell out. Maybe. The football helmet does weird things to your hair. <laughs> That's true. true. I'm not, I'm not, not being funny. That's true. It he's does. Not, he's not a spring chicken in regards to the NFL league anyway. True. Yeah, what is he, like 80-something? <laughs> At least. I mean, I think he was born. I know he was friends with Roosevelt. Um, both, actually. No, he's 37. Woof. Are we doing more history? Because I can't take it anymore. <laughs> Sit down, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to talk about the history of the egg next. No, we're going to just keep going here. Mark Andrews actually kind of fell back to earth this week. He's been averaging 25 points. Got her a paltry 16. Oh, my God. 16 points for Mark Andrews is not that bad, um, especially not that bad for a tight end. Leonard Fournette for Molly really carried the day for her 57 points. That is – yeah. Well, he, had, he had, was running against no defense, so that really helps. Um, then uh, Vanny had Cooper Cup, who's just been a stud this year. He's the number two wide receiver so far this year, which his quarterback is not anywhere close <laughs> to the top anything, which is interesting. But Cooper Cup is doing quite well. In the flex two, Molly started Chris Thompson, got 15. Vanessa got Chris Carson. Two Chris's there. 36 points, outperforming his projection at 22. This is interesting. Their defense has had a table of two cities. The Seahawks are projected 11 for Molly. She got 21. The Rams were projected 17, and because they lost 55 points <laughs> to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, she only got two whole points for that. Woo-hoo. 
So, uh, in fact, if it wasn't for the fact that uh, they scored an interception, had two sacks, and actually a touchdown, her defense would have ended up losing points for her this week. This is Vanessa I'm talking about here. So, anyways, the kickers had their fun in the sun. Brett Kern, Vanessa's punter, got 19 points, which means she performed – yeah, she performed the uh, likes of Mark Andrews and Julio Jones almost (laughs) catching up with Russell Wilson for points. So, you know, when we added the punter, we thought let's add a little spice to this mix, a little fuel – or fuel on the fire, octane in the gasoline tank, you know, paint in the cocktail. I don't know. Let's just make up some stupid shit metaphors. Fire truck in the garage. (laughs) Oh my god! <laughs> Fucking, that's an inside joke, everyone. If you don't know, uh, shithead of the year, shithead of his life. We have a quote-unquote friend from high school who is interested in buying and actually has purchased fire trucks in the used past. Used fire truck at that. Used used fire trucks. So yeah, a little water damage, but that's to be expected. So, anyways, that's. That's the end of that. Let's just get the fuck out of here. Let's move on to the previews of the week. So, anyways, congratulations, Vanny. Three and one. She's first in the Atlantic. Molly, tough go. I apologize, but you're at least still very competitive. Third in the Atlantic here. Let's go on to the previews. Ben, I'm going to have you uh, analyze my game first. But first, let's talk about bye weeks. We only have two teams this week. The Detroit Lions and the Miami Dolphins. Pretty much insignificant there, except for Stafford and Carryon Johnson. So, let's look over the previews. Ben, Tackle, five-second chug versus the Mavericks. Okay, well, so Courtney – oh, wait, I mean Molly. Okay, that joke's going to get old eventually, right? It'll come back, Ben. Just keep working it. Keep working it. <laughs> yeah, it'll you only get forget. old like 20 years. <laughs> okay, so, yes, uh, five-second chug, uh, Molly versus Lincoln Mavericks, Michael. So what we're looking at right now is a very, very even match. Um, as uh, Molly does not – currently have a uh, defense in the defensive position. I'm assuming once she gets one in there, right now the line is only 15 points, so that's pretty much going to lock it at dead even in terms of projections. Um, so looking down the down the list, uh, we got Phyllis Rivers at... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Excuse yeah, me. Uh, at Den- or, um, uh, playing Denver this week. Um who knows what to expect out of that game? You know, it. If you you feel like the Broncos are due, uh, and and their their defense hasn't been letting up a lot of points, but that being said, it's it's a, it's a, anyone's guess. They're using uh, the ladder for God's sakes. Just take it. Wait, 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 Ben. You bet against the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> they were due. The generals were due. <laughs> Oh, sorry, uh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't mean like that, but um, yeah, I mean. But th- that being said, uh, Philip Rivers ha- is is a very clutch quarterback, and we should expect a pretty good performance out of him. Uh, same with Jared Goff, um, slightly edg- edging out in projections, um, but very even match there. Ezekiel Elliott um, quite, hasn't quite lived up to the expectations, but still been pretty solid, uh, averaging twenty seven and a half points. Uh, uh, has the edge on Derrick Henry, um, who's who's also actually has the uh, a higher average on the season. Um, but Elliott's got the Green Bay defense. We'll see how that goes. Um, going down the list, uh, Mike's looking for Odell Beckham Jr. to rebound, which I anticipate he will, despite a very good San Francisco defense. 
Uh, Jason Witten, um, sorry about the hair comments. Uh, uh, edges out. Boston knocks a, a little bit. Um, kind of just summing up the rest of the the uh, the matchups. It's pretty give and take. Um, Leonard Fournette has the uh, advantage over Mark Ingram. Um, that's kind of surprising to me, but you know, considering Pittsburgh's a little lowly right now, but we'll see how that plays out. Um, I'm almost a coin flip, but and, and it's tough because both of these teams need this win at, sitting at one and three. Um, but I'm going to have to give the, the slight edge to, um, to Molly here just because of the... Uh, <laughs> It's Molly. I know it is. <laughs> I know your name. Uh, just, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Uh, Goff's gonna gonna have a really good week in Seattle, and Beckham's gonna uh, rebound. That being said, um, it being a very close game, I, I'm gonna give it to Molly. Okay, cool. You know what? And I can't disagree with you. Actually, there, I always try to look at this from an objective lens, even though it is my team. I actually agree with you. Um, so, no, let's hop on to the next one, uh, Spartans versus Legend of Lincoln. So this one, uh, right off the bat, and it's pretty obvious to see why, is going to Courtney with a pretty good 173.9 points, which, to be honest, her team has been averaging over 200 points a week, which is fucking solid. Mm-hmm. But there's kind of a glaring some problems right off the bat here, is that Brandon, as Ben said, did drop Case Keenum and didn't put anybody in for now, so... He's got empty quarterback position going against Mahomes, who I like in a huge bounce back week. Not that he had a bad week last week, but Indianapolis defense is not that good against the pass. And I like just Mahomes going nuts, especially actually if it was at India, I'd like it even more because it's a dome. It isn't KC, so the noise will be a factor, but weather could also be bad. But I like it a lot in, in September there. Nick Chubb over Todd Gurley. Who would have thought that? And Ben, as you alluded to before, San Francisco's defense is quite good. So that could be a problem for Nick Chubb. But Seattle's defense has been surprisingly decent for the fact they've been trying to do a fl- like just a rebuild on the fly. So Todd Gurley, even though he'll probably get more touches, I think Nick Chubb obviously has to get the advantage there. Michael Thomas against Marquise Brown. No surprise here, Michael Thomas, because Marquise Brown can fill it up rather quick, but he's still a rookie. He's a speedster guy, so it's going to be either feast or famine. That could start there. One thing I think is odd right off the bat as well, Evan Ingram, a check mark instead of Zach Ertz. Uh, what do you fellas think about that? Um, no. Yeah, I'm going to have to just go ahead and disagree with you there. I think they're both overprojected personally, but... I agree with you, Ben. But yeah, we all agree that it's Zach Ertz is the check mark against the Jets without their top middle linebacker, especially. Josh Jacobs up against a very stout, just tough to run against Chicago defense. I know that from uh, last week where Dalvin Cook just had a down week. Going against James White, who this is another one I don't agree with. James White is a PPR machine at running back. They love to use him that way in uh, New England. So I like James White over Josh Jacobs as much like Josh Jacobs. Allen Robinson is going to prove me wrong again here, but... It's Fitzgerald, and he's going to get his touches. I like that in a slight, slight advantage there. Jaguars defense with Carolina's offense. Carolina's offense has been pretty good, even with Cam Newton out. But, you know, at some point, they're going to have to come back to earth. 
Patriots defense against whoever is starting quarterback, whether it be Case Keenum or, um, oh no, Dwayne Haskins, the rookie quarterback out of Ohio State. So I really like Patriots defense over Jaguars defense here. Goskowski, who Brandon will surely bench because he had hip surgery, so he's out. Uh, no. Dan Bailey, who Mike said is projected to miss another, uh, was it an extra point or a field goal? Extra point. Yeah, that probably won't happen, so we don't know there. So right now, check Dan Bailey. Logan Cook, the punter to have, apart from Brett Kern. Uh, even though only ranked 13, what's going on here? Uh, against Riley Dixon of the Giants, who I think now will be less of a factor. To the, Danny Dimes is in there, and old Eli has uh, been put out to pasture. So this is, I think, a pretty... Not pretty easy win, but this is pretty easy to see why this is in Courtney's column here. So, uh, both teams three and one, and both fine to move and well to basically hold the secure position of first in the Mountain Division. But I think this is Courtney's game to lose. All right, I again don't disagree with you there. She, I can't believe she's been averaging two hundred points plus a game. That's it's just nuts. That is good nuts. job, Courtney. Is, yeah, That's seriously, that is. Um, Playoff caliber, to be sure. sure, but then possibly even Colorado Bowl level material. All right. Thank you, Noel. Let's dive into Ben's game versus Mr. Kenfield here. So as of now, uh, Kenfield is – there's a couple things. You're not starting a kicker, Ben, so that kind of skews it. And Kenfield is starting a guy who's on bye week, so that kind of skews it too. So we'll, we'll do the best we can on a Wednesday night here to analyze it. But I think it's – even with those deficiencies – you were projected 163 to his 123. So even if we he were to throw in – oh, excuse me. He's, he's also starting Miami's punter, who's also on by. Yay! <laughs> he threw in a pretty good wide receiver, running back, and a punter. You're still not at 40 points, especially when you put in a kicker. So your projections, regardless of where they are, ultimately you are still going to be projected more than what Kenfield is. So let's look at this as to why that might be. So your quarterbacks, both great, but Wentz has been doing better for you, Ben, 30 points a game versus Tom, Tom Brady getting 26.2, which, okay, all right, that, that made me think of something. I'm going to dive down a huge rabbit hole here. We just got back from Boston last week or something, uh, Thursday last week, and I have to say, Ben, I think it took you coming from Boston to find – a beautiful girl to be with because I can't tell you how many mediocre looking people are in Boston. It is the weirdest <laughs> thing. Like you go to like, I don't know, LA or New York and there's just like models walking around. Well, but in Boston, everyone looks like, I don't know. Like well, it's just attractive like women are all cops. That's, we all know that. Oh, that's that's true. I, okay, funny story about that. Yeah, fucking problem with the cops in Boston. I don't <laughs> yeah, understand the right. fuck. You guys are a bunch of fucking chat ass. I swear <laughs> to God. I don't want to fucking even talk to anyone. The women in fucking Boston are goddamn beautiful, and I don't want to fucking hear it. All right. I respect your your wrong opinion on that, Ben, but I respect it nonetheless. The one, the one very attractive person we saw was a cop, and the <laughs> other thing we noticed – was that everyone in Boston jaywalks. It seems to be the national pastime oh, yeah. of Boston. The one we cop I'm shit. talking about jaywalked right in front of us. We were waiting for this the thing to go, and she's like, nah, fuck this, and just walked right across the street. It's like, okay, I guess it's not illegal here. It's just something you should probably not do. So let's go back to fantasy football. I just wanted okay. to bring that up because we talked about Tom Brady 
I mean, this guy's a wicked pisser, and we we just Ben, you're on the call, so I thought it'd be certainly worth talking about. And anyway, um, let's go down to the running back position. Le'Veon Bell has been scoring you 27. He's projected 30. I think that's well within the realm of possibility. Royce Freeman for Kenfield has been averaging 17 and is projected 19. I mean, who gives a shit? If he's projected 17, he's not even really running back one quality there. In fact, he is um, 27th best running back so far this year. So you're talking about maybe a flex position. So I don't think Royce Freeman's even going to come close to Le'Veon Bell here. So you got to give that, as did the system here, give the checkmark to Le'Veon Bell. Looking at DeAndre Hopkins versus Julian Edelman, assuming he plays, um, he is questionable with a chest-slash-ribs injury and was limited at practice today. So that doesn't necessarily bode well. You'd want to see him hit practice tomorrow and Friday to start him on uh, Sunday here, but we'll just have to see what, what happens with Kenfield. So, anyways, Julian Edelman, I think, will um, probably end up playing, but DeAndre Hopkins is, regardless, a better player. And he's been averaging more points. So you got to give the check mark to him. Looking at the tight end positions, you've got Disley Disley. This dude's on fire. Sixth best tight end throughout the year. So far, he's been averaging 19 points. Only projected 14.2. What? 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 No, that doesn't make sense what? to me. I think. <laughs> Thank you, Darth. Um, I think he'll get close to that. I think he'll get at least 15. OJ Howard has been. Averaging less than half of that, 8.2 points, and his projections at nine. So you got to give that one to Disley Disley. Flex one, you've got Tyler Lockett for Kenfield and Mike Evans for you, Ben. Mike Evans is fourth overall, averaging 30 points a week. Now, granted, that was somewhat skewed by a gigantic week three when he got 67 points. But nevertheless, Mike Evans is good for 20, 30 points a week, and he's projected 24 this week. So, boom, right there. Um, Tyler Lockett, though, has been having quite a good season. He is seventh overall. He's been averaging 28.2, and he's marginally more consistent. He did have a monster week in week three as well where he scored 55 points, but his other weeks are just just a little bit more even to say he's a little bit more dependable. Nevertheless, I like Mike Evans here, especially in New Orleans where – fucking Teddy Bridgewater, if he runs the right direction, <laughs> has the potential to score some good points there. So, at any rate, looking at the uh, flex two position, you have Wayne Gallman versus Kenny Galladay, assuming uh, Kenfield puts somebody in there. Um, you have to give it to Gallman because I can't necessarily <laughs> compare that to somebody who's not even playing this week. So, Wayne Gallman, congratulations, even though he's technically questionable with a – what does he have? Ben, what's wrong with this guy? He's a, oh, he has a neck injury. Isn't that cool? What, what, I mean, why do running backs need their necks? I mean, they don't, oh, that's right. They definitely need their necks. So I don't even know if Wayne Gallman's going to play. Do you gonna, are you going to start him this week, Ben? Tell us, Ben. Well, I haven't even looked at my, my roster yet. Uh, <laughs> fair. So fair. maybe. All right. I was, hoping, I was hoping you'd spill the beans. I was trying to. I was trying to see what you were gonna do, but what do you think? Um, I'm a I'm a I'm a manager or no? I don't. No. Well, you know, as commissioner, I can do whatever the fuck I want with your team, so I could. I'm gonna bench him. I don't think I'm, I'll think I'll bench him for. In fact, I'm gonna put Wayne Wayne Prater, Matt Wayne Prater, in Wayne Prater. <laughs> I'm just gonna make up people and start them for you. Take that, Benjamin. <laughs> so, anyways, um, I think looking at this team, I mean, I would be shocked, Ben, if you didn't advance to four and one here. Um, I hate to say that, Kenfield, but 
it just seems to be that the stars are aligning for Ben Yu this week, particularly with two players out on um, on bye week for Kenfield. He's been having a run of bad luck lately. It, luck doesn't generally shift from one week to the next in our league. You either have it or you don't. And it seems like Kenfield does not have it right now. So, Ben, I would say this is your week to win. Speaking of Benjamin, why don't you go ahead and, and, and analyze Space Force versus the Warriors? This is an interesting one. We have an 0-4 team going up against a 4-0 and team. Right. Um, so right off the bat, Nick is is kind of looking boomer or do or die here. It's uh, it's it's going to be tough uh, to to overcome that that four four and out Tile Town Warrior uh, powerhouse right now. Especially looking at the projections, Kobe um, Brissett uh, had a solid year, but uh, Kyler Murray, you know, obviously very good and against kind of a very questionable Cincinnati at this point. So, you know, also having David Johnson, you know, solid, solid year so far. Uh, very dangerous uh, in that game. Keenan Allen against Denver. Um, same thing we're talking about with Phyllis. Uh, number one receiver um, in scoring this this year, which surprised me, honestly. I mean, Noel, that's a pretty solid pickup. Um, all those are, are projected to edge out uh, Lindsay and uh, Thielen. So we'll see. Um, the, there is a slight edge for Nick right now in terms of projection, which with Travis Kelsey, uh, but that's yet to be determined against Indy. Not as Noel pointed out, not a very good uh, pass defense um, against uh, the Darren Waller tight end uh, versus Chicago. Um, George Kittle, uh, also in a flex position tight end. So, which is rare to see, but projected to get 20 points. So solid showing there, despite, uh, Devlin cook, obviously edging out with the projected 33 points. Uh, and so far, I don't think I would change many of many of these predictions. Um, Aaron Jones, uh, versus Dallas, another solid running back. Um, just Noel's just stacked this year. What, What can you say? Um, averaging 216 points per game. Um, so looking down, looking down the list, there's only two positions right now that that Nick edges out. That being said, um, you know everyone's starting. The, both teams are projected to do well. Uh, 197 for uh, Noel and 172 for Nick. So you know, never know what's going to happen week to week, and these projections are simply that. So good luck, Nick. Um, but that being said, I'm I'm gonna have to play the play the odds here and, and give this one uh, to Noel. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I I <laughs> I hate to say it, Nick, but uh, Noel is just uh, Noel. You were just an amazing team this year. The 206 points average per week, or 216, excuse me. That's you're fucking ridiculous. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Get All the right. fuck out of here. All right. All right, let's uh let's look at actually a preview of the Mile High Champions League version of the Rocky Mountain Showdown. Noel, if you would, the Buffaloes versus the Rams. All right, right off the bat, this is obviously Vanessa's game to lose. The roster she is starting has been averaging a total of twenty two point twenty two ah two hundred and twenty two ah words. <laughs> 
224.7 points a week. Um, and projected right now to get 189.2 to uh, Matthew Larson's. Right now, the way his roster is constructed, which is missing a kicker, average of 150.2 points and is projected to get 162.1. But this really, like, if you just look at the top half of the roster, it could be something crazy. But then you look at some of the other question marks, and it could be something possibly catastrophic for Matt here. Um, Russell Wilson having the best year of his career so far, ranked number three overall as far as quarterbacks, projected 27.3 points, but has been doing much better than that on average against a Rams defense, which Mike, you and I agreed in the last week's podcast, defense looks good even if the offense looks like they're down. Well, who the fuck knows after last week? So that could could change. Lamar Jackson going against a questionable certainly a yeah, certainly questionable Pittsburgh defense, although they're playing at home, but Mar Jackson's number one. So I like, you know, he's projected at 42, sorry, 32 points. His average is 42. So I think Lamar Jackson could certainly, uh, and deserves the uh, the check mark there. Christian McCaffrey, number one, obviously, a good against Jacksonville's defense, which really isn't that good. So that's probably a pretty solid check mark there. Alvin Kamara, He's suffering because Mike's best friend, Teddy Bridgewater, is at the helm, quarterback position for the Saints. So I think right there that makes sense. Julio Jones got to bounce back, even against a tough Houston defense. And here's where he gets some problems with uh, Matt Larson's roster. Josh Gordon, probably going to play, but is questionable. Delaney Walker, probably, I don't know if he is going to play. He's on the older side of the NFL Logan's a very stout Buffalo defense, so that could be rough. Um, and Mark Andrews, Mike, as you said, come back to earth, but he's going to get back going again, even though he is questionable. And then here is where kind of, I think, Vanessa really pulls away. Cooper Cup, just number two wide receiver, fantasy-wise, going against Seattle's secondary, which is pretty questionable. Melvin Gordon, uh, Mike, I, I hope I'm not jinxing you here, but... This is his first week back, which means his work will be very low compared to usual. So unless he has a huge, uh, just sorry, a couple of huge plays, it really probably won't be there for him. So I don't think that 19.1 projection is very good. James Conner hasn't been practicing with a, uh, an ankle injury, and that Baltimore defense is pretty good. So Chris Carson against the Rams defense, that's going to be a toss-up, but I like Chris Carson there. Rams defense against Seattle and Chargers defense against Denver. I'm sorry, I like that. Uh, kickers. Well, Larson has to. Matt Larson has to start one. But yeah, this really, really, really is Vanessa's game to lose. But there's a lot of firepower, even with all the question marks on Matt Larson's team. But yeah, it's going to be tough. Uh, there's a 27 point line, and even starting a kicker isn't going to make much difference there. So this one should go to Vanessa quite easily. Yes, I agree with you there. Um, all right, let's uh, hop on this last one here. Good Juju and a Tressway versus the Galloping Gonorrhea's two and two for Josh, zero and four for Grant. As we're talking about here, this should be an interesting one. Grant is projected right now to lose. Um, Matt, Matt, Josh is projected to get one hundred and fifty. Grant one hundred and twenty-two. But Matt, he Moses has. Said. Yeah, what? What? Nothing. 
<laughs> Grant currently has uh, Devontae Adams in who is questionable and not projected to get any sort of points here. So I definitely think that that line will close up here. I just don't know exactly what it will close to. So let's let's kind of take a peek at all each of the one of these positions and see what we can find out. So in the quarterback position, Josh has Aaron Rodgers. Grant has Dak Prescott. I think I'd give this one certainly to Dak Prescott here. Dak has been, minus last week, has been doing quite well. He's projected uh, a whopping 28.4 to Aaron Rodgers' 26, but the big difference is Dak has been averaging 32 to Aaron Rodgers' 24. Moreover, both of them are playing pretty tough defenses, so it's not like one is playing an easy one and one's playing a tough one. Aaron Rodgers is going against the sixth-ranked Dallas, and let's see, Dak is going against the second-ranked Green Bay. Amazing. They're playing each other. So that'll be actually kind of a fun matchup to watch here. I, the, the check mark is in Dak Prescott's column, and I agree with that with the computer here. Marlon, there's a lot of cues on Josh's team, I just realized. Marlon Mack is questionable right now. He has a nutsack injury. No, it's his ankle. He wasn't present for Wednesday's practice, so that's going to be difficult to see if he actually plays. Um, he is going against a pretty weak Kansas City defense at 26th. Miles Sanders, the Philly running back, is going again against a pretty weak New York Jets defense here. The big difference is Marlon Mack has been averaging 24, where Sanders is averaging 17. So I got to give this one to Marlon Mack. Juju Smith-Schuster is a very good wide receiver with a mediocre quarterback versus Devontae Adams. Much, I'd say, above average wide receiver with an above average quarterback here. (laughs) It used to be great. Uh, Juju did not practice today. He has a toe injury, so it's difficult to say if he'll actually play. Uh, it would be good for Josh if he did because Baltimore's defense is 26th ranked against wide receivers versus Adams if he plays. He's going against uh, Dallas's fifth ranked wide receiver defense. So just looking at that, and especially since Devontae Adams was also questionable, as I noted, um, I would actually have to give this one to Juju Smith-Schuster just because I think he's got a little bit more upside here. The um, Austin Hooper in tight end versus Noah Font. Actually, I thought I just saw that Grant dropped Noah Font, which might have been on your suggestion, Knowles, because we know know, everybody listens to us on the (laughs) podcast and follows our our advice here. So I bet Grant was like, oh, man, Noel, that's a wonderful idea. Goodbye, Noah Font. So I don't actually know if he did or not, but either way, Austin Hooper is amazing. He's the third best tight end so far this year. So he, he, Unless he picked up Travis Kelsey, I would say that it's probably going to go with Austin Hooper here. The only downside is Austin's going against a really good Houston defense, third against tight ends. Uh, looking at the uh, flex one, we have Amari Cooper for Josh and Brandon Cooks for Grant. They have Amari Cooper... Uh, as getting the check here, but I don't know. I think I'm going to call an upset. I think I'm going to call an upset and actually say that this goes to Brandon Cooks. Uh, well, particularly because Amari Cooper is technically questionable. There's a limited practice a participant today in practice with an ankle injury. Uh, Brandon Cooks is going against a a pretty eh, pretty good defense at Seattle 10th, but good old Amari if he plays, is going against Green Bay's number one defense against wide receiver. So the no-fly zone, it's just no-fly zone in Wisconsin now versus other places that it's been like Denver. 
in Seattle. So yeah, I got to give this one to Brandon Cooks. The computer is Amari Cooper, but you're wrong, computer. You're wrong. You're not right. Brandon Cooks will get it. Sony Michelle versus Cortland Sutton in the flex two position. Sony Michelle, uh, I don't know what to think about him. We've talked many a time here on the podcast about the Patriots' backfield and the fact that either it's a multi-headed beast and you just don't know who to start, or they just don't perform. Up until James White and Sony Michelle recently, you just avoided New England Patriots running backs like the plague because it doesn't matter who they were running the ball with. Tom Brady was going to sling the ball around and be a happy camper. Cortland Sutton um, is certainly a good play just because there's a good chance the Broncos are going to be behind. And so they're going to need to throw the ball a lot. And Cortland Sutton has been doing quite well. Moreover, the Chargers have the 19th ranked defense against wide receivers. And Cortland Sutton is 14th at best at wide receiver position, averaging almost 25 points a week. I would give this one to Cortland Sutton. I don't know why. I think the computer just looks at who they project has more points and then gives the check mark. So Sonny Michelle's projected 17-2. Cortland Sutton is projected 17-1. So the check mark went to Sonny Michelle. Bullshit. I called bullshit on that one. <laughs> I think it goes to Cortland Sutton here. Uh, Eagles defense versus the New York Jets. Yeah. Uh, why, why do you laugh? Versus- why do you laugh when you say that? <laughs> because it's funny. Uh, the Eagles... The uh, New York Jets, to put that in perspective offensively, they're not the worst. I'll give them credit here. They're not even the second worst. But they are the third worst offense in the NFL right now. So the Eagles should have a pretty fun week with them compared to the Chiefs who are going against the Indy fourth best. Apparently, you know, I feel really bad for Andrew Luck and the – the bad luck he's had. Oh, oh, see? That's what I did there. The uh, – Troubled times, let me just put. He's had in Indianapolis. But Jacoby Brissett seems to have really uh, come through for them, and they seem to be really uh, doing well on offense. So the Chiefs' defense is going against the fourth best in the offense. So who knows what's going to happen? Well, who knows? I I have a fucking idea. So anyways, let's look at the kickers and punters. Uh, Yes, they both have kickers and punters. So the um, (laughs) – God. I don't, man, this is a tough one. This is a really tough one because I like both. I like both of these lineups, like both of these teams. I'm going to say that I'm going to play a little hypothetical here. I'm going to assume Devonte Adams doesn't play with a toe injury. Um, and I'm going to pretend that he throws in uh, Michael Gallup. This is Grant I'm looking at here. I think then Grant might actually get his first win of the season. That's going to be my projection. That's my bold call of week five. Grant is coming away with his first win of the season, one and four. So that actually wraps up the previews for the week. Uh, Before we go into the polls, is there anything else you guys want to chat about before we head into the poll and wrap up here? I would mention that uh, a couple things. Mike, I think even with the down week last week for Odell Beckham Jr., I think – the offense kind of with Baker Mayfield, rather than trying to focus getting the ball to Beckham, just kind of spreading the ball around and just taking what the defense gives you with as many weapons as they have bodes well for Beckham in the future because it's just going to be big plays as opposed to just little slant throws, which is really good. Um, my second thing is if you have a running back that's going up against two of my favorite teams, the Packers or the Broncos, play them, play them, play them. 
It sucks, but play them. I think that's going to be a theme throughout the season. Yes, I actually completely agree with you there. Uh, as much as it sucks to say that, but I completely agree with you. Um, and, you know, it's kind of interesting, Noel. You mentioned the Browns. I was looking at, you know, ODB had, as Ben was saying, an absolute garbage week last week. I was wondering, well, why, why aren't they throwing him the ball? It's because a lot of teams are clued into how good he is, so they're putting the coverage on him. And choking him. Wait, and, Well, you know, if, if he can't breathe, he can't run. <laughs> so true. the uh, Jarvis Landry has been snagging up a lot of those receptions. So I was like, oh, man, I should see if he's available on the waiver wires. Noel, who owns Jarvis Landry? I do. He was on my bench, and he's concussed. <laughs> he's, he, you know, he was a stud in Miami. He was arguably their best player. Uh, for a long time there in Miami, I, I I feel bad that he's concussed. I mean, I don't want I don't want any player to get hurt. Oh, of course, ever. Um, maybe besides Teddy Bridgewater. Um, <laughs> but, but you know, it's fun to watch the Browns play, and which is such a weird thing to say because the Browns have been bad for so so many years, well over a decade. They've been bad, but it's fun to watch Baker Mayfield play and Odell Beckham Jr. And Jarvis Landry. They, there seems to be a real synergy between Jarvis Landry and Baker Mayfield that I actually don't see yet between Odell Beckham Jr. and Baker Mayfield. I would actually think, and this is going to sound kind of painful because I own him, I actually think Landry, even with his concussion, has the potential to outscore Beckham when it comes to points on the Browns this year. Just because Mayfield and him, I don't know, maybe they're besties, maybe they go to coffee. Maybe they play Halo together. I don't know, but they're good. They're really good. So, anyways, um, let's wrap up with the poll. Wrap up with concluding statements and get the fuck out of here. We've wasted a lot of these people's time. So let's, let's look at this. So my question to you all is: um, Are you worried about the bye weeks? And it's it's a binary answer. You either have hell no or hell yes, and that's it. Whoa! What the fuck are you doing, Ben? <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to play the uh, Darth Vader. No. <laughs> well, I appreciate. <laughs> Thank you, Ben. I appreciate. You can come your... through, obviously. Well, yeah. Well, you know, I'll work on my sound effects for next time. Thank you. Please do. I mean, our, our budget each week is a hundred thousand dollars. I'm surprised that we uh, had such low production value on that. No, from Darth Vader. But we'll work on that for weeks. Anyways, all right. Well, I think I think we've said our piece here, gentlemen. So uh, let me ask you before we sign off, is there anything else you guys want to chat about this evening, football-related? I mean, I know I've taken us down Boston to who knows, God knows what, but is there anything else you guys want to talk about tonight? I'm good. I am solid. I'm going to go have a scotch before they get taxed. <laughs> <laughs> good man. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. If you stayed for us uh, this long, we really appreciate that. Um, I really appreciate both of you guys being on our call tonight in our podcast. Thank you, Noel. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And, Noel, please send us out. Thank you, Kamish. Go, Marcos.